Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey there. Well, I'm back in the United States after, I don't know, six, seven weeks in Europe, all over Europe. Well, England, France, Ireland. (sighs) And it feels good. I am in uh, New Jersey, which is where my brother lives. So I'm staying with my precious family. And it just uh, feels great. Great. We just had Father's Day. And I am so just totally thrilled with the way the Living A Course of Miracles classes are going. This week we have class with Gary Renard. Yes, that is going to be great. Gary always cracks me up. We have so much fun together. And um, uh, last week's class with Earl Purdy, rock and roll. How to be happy with Earl Purdy this week with Gary Renard. It's about faith, deep faith lasting faith, true faith, and removing all doubt. And I cannot wait to hear what Gary has to say about that. Oh my goodness, he is going to rock the house with that. I just know it. So, I got so inspired by Earl in our conversation last week. It seems this is what's happening with this Living of Course in Miracles series. I just want to keep it going, each class, each topic. So that's what I'm doing here uh, in the radio show, just adding a little bit more, a little bit more. So the, let us tune in how to be happy. Let us be happy together. And I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart as I am doing Oh, and to take this breath of love and gratitude and be so grateful and so thankful that divine wisdom is our true identity, divine and perfect joy, perfect peace, prosperity, wholeness, that these spiritual qualities are our true identity, our true nature, and they are our inheritance, and we're claiming that for ourselves right now. In this very moment, we're saying yes. To the unlimited, unprecedented spiritual truth of our life, and we are getting out of our own way. Yes, we're placing on the holy altar fire of divine love any ego attachments. Oh my goodness, any false beliefs. Bye bye. And we are stepping into the freedom to be our true selves. We're finding freedom in our heart and in our mind, and we're so, so grateful that we get to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. 
Yes. So, I'm going to start by telling you a story a little bit about myself and sharing my own experience here because uh, people often tell me that that brings great benefit because it, it what everything that I offer is about a practical application of these teachings and I consistently encounter and meet folks who are uh, studying the Course of Miracles for decades, for years, but they are not living it. They are not applying it in their daily life. And they are still deeply suffering. So if you're studying A Course in Miracles for many years, but you're still experiencing lots of suffering, then chances are you're not actually applying it in a really consistent way. So what we're doing here is we're stepping into that consistency. We're stepping into being so productive Productive in our spiritual practice. This is what Regina Dawn Akers shared in week two. And also Colin Tipping, even though he's not a Course of Miracles student or teacher, he has, in a very real way, applied the principles in a moment-by-moment basis. Colin Tipping is the author of Radical Forgiveness. And so he has dedicated his life to doing this forgiveness work, sharing this forgiveness work. He truly is tuned in and tapped in at the very highest levels and so it is breathtaking what we can do it is so happy making what we can accomplish when we partner up with the higher holy spirit self and we focus on disidentifying with the ego and remembering our true identity because our true identity is already free our true identity is already peace and love our true identity is the christ presence and it is only 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 our belief in something else, our, the investment, the energetic investment in believing a thought that is not true that prevents us from knowing what is true and setting ourselves free. Wow. I just, the more I practice this, the more I wake up to it, the more excited about it I am. I just, uh, over the weekend, was watching a movie. It's a documentary called Jiro dreams of sushi. Jiro dreams of sushi, like sushi, the food that you eat made from raw fish. And, and, uh, it's, it's a good, very good documentary. I like to watch documentaries about real people having real experiences. And, uh, in this movie, it follows this chef, this sushi chef in Tokyo. And he actually has a restaurant down in the subway. And he's got room for about 10 customers at a time. And he is the most accomplished and the most expensive sushi, sushi chef in the world. And a very humble man, and he's 85 years old now. He's been making sushi for many, many, many years, obviously, to become this expert. And he loves it. He has such a passion for it. And he is a total perfectionist. But he finds himself every day at his growing edge of practicing 
putting together these pieces of sushi. And he likes very, very simple sushi. Nothing complicated. You've got the fish. You've got the wasabi. You've got the soy sauce. You've got the rice. But it's making it in the most beautiful way, meaning just the purest, the best, uh, um, what do you call them, ingredients, highest quality, and really pouring his love into it. You really see that. And this is how we can approach every minute of every day. He works seven days a week. He loves it. He's 85 years old. He can't get enough of it. He has such a passion for it. And he's a very quiet, reserved, seemingly humble man. And I think it's a great lesson. For me, I I feel so inspired by watching this documentary because it's really how I feel about living A Course in Miracles. So now, the way I walk in the world, studying A Course in Miracles, living A Course in Miracles is moment by moment, I am really looking for where is my thinking off base? So, for instance, uh, I... I was, uh, and I mentioned this in the homework class last week with Living a Course in Miracles, the Friday class on how to be happy. Somebody the day before, maybe that day, had posted on Facebook, one of my Facebook friends said, Does anybody know a really good anti inflammatory? And so, my, the first, very first thought I had was forgiveness. Forgiveness, you know, and the week before in Living a Course in Miracles, we, and if anybody's interested in joining our free Living a Course in Miracles classes, this week we have Gary Renard, the topic is on faith and releasing doubt, and it's totally free, you can listen for 48 hours, livingacourseinmiracles.com is where you go and register for the free classes. And so, I saw somebody wrote on Facebook, Does anybody know a good anti-inflammatory? My immediate thought was forgiveness. Forgiveness. And it's so true. What we had talked about the week before in the accelerated wellness classes with Deb Phelps at livingacourseofmiracles.com, we had talked about all healing is at the level of the mind. And... uh, I love that all healing is at the level of the mind because my healing is not conditional. It's not based on the conditions of the world. It's not based on form. My healing, and I'm talking about emotional healing, mental healing, as well as physical healing, is not based on anything that anyone else is doing or not doing. It's not based on anything related to the body. What? How does that work? So all healing is at the level of the mind. And this includes healing depression and healing all kinds of things. So our classes last week, how to be happy. And that's what I'm focusing on today, how to be happy. Now, over the years that I have been offering classes in a practical, mystical spirituality, in a practical application of living the teaching, I've worked with many people who were on antidepressants when they started the classes. I've worked with, I have to say, quite a number of people who told me that when they began the classes, they were suicidal. 
And even people have told me that, for instance, I've got my Finding Freedom Spiritual Boot Camp class, my seven-week class that starts on July 18th, and you can learn about that at uh, jenniferhadley.com. It's uh, there, I think, on the events page, or you can go to jenniferhadley.com forward slash finding freedom. In that class, people have told me, people have literally said to me after the class, Jennifer, I feel so different from doing the practices that you gave me in the class. When I started this class, I was suicidal. I've taken so many classes, so many workshops. I've read so many books, and none of it really made a big difference in my life. And when I started this class, I was so depressed and suicidal. I said, if this class doesn't shift things for me, I'm out of here. This is my last attempt to try and fix the problem. They got in the class. They did the practices. They were dedicated to it. They really went for it. Not only did they not feel suicidal anymore, but they also have been able to heal depression in seven weeks. Is it me? Of course it's not me. How could it be me? I'm not a healer. But I know how to heal myself, and I know what these practices are, and I am willing to help and support anybody who is willing to do the work. This is why the Living A Course in Miracles classes are all free, and this is why I do the weekly radio show. So the, the doing this weekly radio show, it requires time, energy, effort, expense on my part, and I am so happy to do it because so many people let me know it brings them benefit. And you can listen to, I don't know, 100 episodes, 90-some episodes, all free at iTunes. Also at iTunes, you can find my podcast called Masterful Living Through A Course in Miracles, and that was my weekly study group that was on the phone and uh, I think there's a hundred recordings of those sessions so a couple years of the weekly group are available at iTunes totally free for you tons and tons of free material for you so you don't have to pay to take Finding Freedom if you want to take Finding Freedom and do the work with me please you're welcome if you need a payment plan just ask me but what I'm saying to you the main point that I'm making here is you've got to do something different if you'd like to experience the results so saying that forgiveness is an anti-inflammatory was not uh, some kind of sarcastic remark, a joke. Absolutely not. I know for a fact that it's an anti-inflammatory because I've worked with thousands of people all over the world and I have so many reports from them of the difference that doing the work, doing the work, doing the work makes in their life. There's just no way around it. You have to actually do it. So you can study it till your head falls off, your eyes explode or whatever, but that is not going to change your life. It's actually doing the work. So this is why every week in the radio show I tell you, go to jenniferhadley.com, get the How to Get Over It free workshop right there on the home page. You get the audio, you get the transcript, and you get a bunch of other things to work with so that you can do the work because it works when you do the work. Oh, it's so beneficial. So I, I, it's funny. I started off saying I'm going to tell you a story, and I'm going to I'm going to start that 
uh, in just a minute. I'm going to take a sip of my tea here. Yum. So I'll just tell you a little background on me in case you're totally new to the show, listening for the first time, and welcome if you are. I really used to be so unhappy. I wouldn't say I was depressed. I was angry. (laughs) I was angry. I was hostile. I was judgmental. I was a complainer. I was one of those people that complains, and people complain about how much I complained. (laughs) I was one of those people, right? So, and, and, uh, I would, I was, I loved it drink and smoke cigarettes and do all kinds of things to numb myself so that I didn't feel my feelings. And I also uh, was constantly, constantly energizing thoughts of lack and attack. Judge, 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 judge. That was me. I actually trained my mind to be as judgmental as possible because I thought that those judgments would protect me from other people's judgments. I didn't understand that the judger always feels judged, that the attacker always feels attacked, that the lover always feels beloved. I had no idea. And I reached a point in my life when I wanted to kill myself because I did not see any way to get happy. It seemed completely impossible. What was clear to me was I do not know how I do not know how to be happy I do not know how to make this life work because no matter what I do controlling and manipulating my circumstances my situations my workplace my family my home life my boyfriends my friends none of it is making me happy for more than a minute and so I surrendered I surrender because I didn't feel I had permission to kill myself. So instead, I surrendered. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more when I come back from the break. It's time for me to take a break here. Oh, so I am grateful that you're showing up with me today. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and you are listening to A Course in Miracles right here on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love and we're walking the talk for real. I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So when we went to the break, I was telling you about myself and how unhappy I used to be and desperate and controlling and manipulating, judgmental, complaining. I mean, the whole nine yards. Suicidal. And so I am loving right now being at my brother's house with my brother. He's got four kids. And uh, we're just having a great time and celebrating Father's Day yesterday. Now, one thing... I've just been so aware of is that my brother and I used to argue and fight. I mean, there was no way we could have a visit with each other where there wasn't an argument and a fight where it didn't break down into just 
really painful, painful exchange of attack and complaint and all of that. Oh my goodness, so much so. It was really nasty. And we just constantly triggered each other. And uh, there was also a lot of that with my parents and things. And uh, really, really deeply upsetting me to my core. So I made a decision to change my behavior. Because I had the awareness, and this is before I started with The Course Miracles, that it was really up to me. If I wanted to see a difference in the world, the change was up to me. Be the peace you want to experience in the world. Uh, and so I really took from Gandhi and from King and from Jesus, be the message. Be it. Live it. And I'm saying all this because this is a big way to be happy. It's be the message of happiness. Be the message of peace. And I'm not going to go over what Earl and I did in the two classes last week because you can, you can still uh, go, you can purchase those if you want, or a lot of people already listen to them. So uh, I want to add something new here today in the radio show. So I really made that commitment to live my life differently and to start to take responsibility for my feelings and stop blaming my feelings on other people. I really made the commitment to stop trying to manage and control and manipulate my loved ones, my circumstances and situations. Now, obviously, that's a huge, massive change in the way you live your life. And uh, I certainly didn't do it over the course of a weekend or even one year. But I'm still doing it many years later. But it is definitely speeding up, speeding up, speeding up, getting easier and easier and easier to choose peace. So one of the things I'm just sharing with you really personally is um, my my brother and his wife bought a house in New Jersey. And um, they moved there with their four kids. Uh, actually, I guess at the time they had three kids. Ten years ago-ish, something like that. And um, uh, I never felt really at peace in the house. And I thought, you know, I think there's something going on in that house maybe. There's something. And uh, I always would feel kind of sad or uh, get a little depressed feeling when I would come for like a week-long visit with my brother and his family, even though I really enjoy them, even though that my sh- my relationship with my brother is shifting, shifting all the time, getting better and improving, improving. Because I found that even though he might get triggered, I wouldn't buy into it, and I would be committed to being peaceful. And so, if he did get triggered, he I didn't egg him on. I didn't add fuel to the fire. So, it would dissipate pretty quickly. And uh, But still, I, I didn't know really what it was, but I just still didn't feel great uh, with a long visit or comfortable. There was something... That where I would just start to feel kind of sad and depressed. I didn't know what it was. I, th- I thought, well, I just don't know. And uh, what I can tell you now is that I was here for a week before I went to Europe. And, uh, and now I've been here for five days or whatever. Totally, that all that is gone. 
I just feel totally peaceful, totally happy to be here. Things are good. Nobody's getting triggered or annoyed, including my brother. And it's really clear the tide has turned. And what I, I have to say is that my own spiritual practice has taught me it's really best to, to, to approach things this way. There is nobody else. It's just you. You and you working with your mind and everything that you experience is a projection of your mind. Yes, you're one with everyone. You're working together with everyone. But when you change your mind, your circumstances will change. Your situation will change, including the feelings in your body, the feelings about your body, the cellular structure. Everything can change. And it's being willing to take total 100% responsibility for your thoughts and feelings and not to blame anything on anyone anymore. Now, that can seem like a really, really tall order, but that is how to be happy. Happiness is within your power. And here's how you get there. You partner up. With the higher Holy Spirit self, because our true identity is the I am that I am. Our true identity is the Christ presence. And this is what A Course in Miracles is all about. It's remembering you're already there. This world is an illusion and you can experience being there, living as the Christ presence, living as the I am that I am now. So it's not that you just keep whittling away and whittling away and whittling away the false beliefs and the ego identification until you feel reasonably happy and then you die and you come back and you whittle away some more. No, no, let let me please take a stand for saying, look, let us step into the unprecedented, unlimited joy that is our true identity now. This is what is in store for us if we choose it. And it does require us to recognize and to believe we already are the Christ presence. We can't say, I'm going to get there, I'm working on it. It's really, it's now, 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 now. Because as we say in New Thought all the time, there is only now. So why are we thinking that time takes, or healing takes time? I frequently quote, and I think I did in the radio show a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about wellness and all healing is at the level of the mind. I love the quote by Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind Teachings, who said in his version of all healing is at the level of the mind, he said, healing does not take time. The only time that it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization, a realization of the truth. So this is what we're setting ourselves free with, a realization of the truth. And it does require us to become devoted, committed, and disciplined to affirming the truth, to remembering the truth, to knowing the truth. We can't say that we know the truth and we are remembering the truth if we're not living it. Because living the truth is the only thing you would choose if you really knew the truth. The more I really know the truth, the more I do not wish to make any choice that is incongruent with the truth. And the truth is, I'm already free. 
The truth is, I'm already the Christ presence. The truth is, I'm already awake. So my true identity is the Christ presence. False identity is there's something wrong with Jennifer. She's to this or not enough that or lacking or whatever. And none of that is true. So I am not interested in energizing it anymore. And, I mean, I'm really looking at it at the deepest levels. I want to, since we're talking about faith this week in the class with Gary Renard at livingacourseofmiracles.com, I'd like to point you to, in chapter 21 of the text, it's my page 452, And it's section three on faith, belief, and vision. Paragraph four. Faith and belief and vision are the means by which the goal of holiness is reached. Through them, the Holy Spirit leads you to the real world and away from all illusions where your faith was laid. This is his direction the only one he ever sees. And when you wander, he reminds you there is but one. His faith and his belief and vision are all for you. And when you have accepted them completely, instead of yours, you will need of them no longer. For faith and vision and belief are meaningful only before the state of certainty is reached. In heaven, they are unknown, yet heaven is reached through them. It is impossible that the Son of God lack faith, but he can choose where he would have it be. Faithlessness is not a lack of faith, but faith in nothing. So we've been placing our faith in that which is false. And this is our prerogative. So in our human experience, it's all about How will you invest your experience of free will? Will you choose to invest in beliefs that are false? Will you choose to identify with a false identity? Or will you value the truth that sets you free? Over and over and over again, you'll hear me say that. I say it to myself every day. What are you going to do, Jennifer? What are you going to do? Are you going to wake up and smell the spiritual coffee? Or are you going to keep dragging yourself around as a sleepwalker? What are you going to do? So as long as we are sleeping, dreaming we're awake, we're going to suffer. It's going to seem like a nightmare at some level. But we can wake up within the dream. All that's required is our willingness. And so we cultivate the dedication, the devotion to be consistent. This is what we can do. This is what we are doing. Now, I want to go to the next section in chapter 21. And uh, this one is the fear to look within. Paragraph 2. It says here, Loudly, the ego tells you not to look inward for if you do your eyes will light on sin and god will strike you blind this you believe and so you do not look yet this is not the ego's hidden fear nor yours who serve it loudly indeed the ego claims it is too loudly and too often for underneath this constant shout and frantic proclamation the ego is not certain it is so Beneath your fear to look within because of sin is yet another fear. 
and one which makes the ego tremble. So, this dedication, this devotion, this consistency that I've been speaking about is about looking within, examining your thoughts, and replacing them with the thoughts we think with God, and not relying upon our own understanding. So when we think a thought that's not true, it's going to upset us. It's going to disturb our sense of peace. So if we think a thought like, if I don't get this or have this, I can't be happy. Well, that is a false belief for sure. Happiness does not rely upon the circumstances of the world. Our happiness it depends completely and totally on our identification with our true self. So, what, what this is telling us in the text, what Jesus is saying to us here is that we're not going to look within and examine our thoughts. We're not going to look within and see what's really true. As long as we think that we're a sinner, as long as we're labeling ourselves bad and wrong. So many people are not willing to do some really deep healing work. Uh, I know in my Finding Freedom class, I have a big, long workbook uh, of things that we do in the class. And people are not willing to do the introspective work because they're afraid if they look within, they're going to see such hideousness, such horror, such dark, disgusting, dank, sinning, just, ugh, that they will not look within. But the whole thing is... When we truly look within, we discover that all of that darkness, that sin, that ugliness, that horror is nothing. It is totally false. It's pure ego identification and it's nothing. So we must look within in order to see the light because that's where it is, my friend. Oh my goodness. So uh, I'm, I'm going to finally get to my story in the next segment because that's the last chance I have. Right now, it's time for me to go to a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley and you're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio where we're living the love and walking the talk for sure, for sure, for sure. I'll be right back. Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave The Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because The Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles. They cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. No matter how long you've been on a spiritual path, it's easy to get confused about God. Is God out there? In here? And who are you praying to? Finally, there's help to sort it all out. 
The Three Faces of God is a six-week summer series on Unity Online Radio, featuring co-hosts Karen Kelly and Reverend Ellen Debenport, author of The Five Principles. Together with their special guests, they'll explore the different aspects of God that show up in world religions and in unity. You might never look at God the same way again. The Three Faces of God is live on Mondays at 2 p.m. Central from June 3rd to July 8th, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. so glad to be sharing this with you. I really am so grateful for my learning, for my healing. And uh, particularly when I'm here on the East Coast, because I lived in Manhattan for 10 years. And I grew up in Rhode Island, as well as Michigan. But being here in the Northeast, it just brings back a lot of memories. And of course, being with my brother and family brings back a lot of memories of how much I've changed. And particularly over the weekend, I experienced that because uh, my nephew, Mikey, who's seven years old, he wanted to learn how to play Monopoly. So he's seen his older brothers and sisters playing Monopoly, but he was never quite there to be able to play it. You know, he could be a team player, but he didn't really understand what's going on. So he wanted me to teach him how to play Monopoly. And when I was Mikey's age, seven, eight, nine years old, it was my favorite game. I loved Monopoly because in Monopoly, I had like adult power and I could buy things and trade things and build houses and hotels and I could crush somebody like a bug and, you know, I could really dominate and work my will and ah, I loved all that because <laughs> I was totally a little ego identified girl. And uh, I was so competitive playing Monopoly as a kid. And I remember many, many games where I would convince friends or family to play with me. And then I would become totally obnoxious playing the game. And I would be ruthless to win because winning was important to me. Playing the game and having fun was not important to me. What was important to me was to try to feel better about myself by being able to dominate and control and win the game. Yep. And so I was highly competitive and obnoxious. And I had, I thought nothing of ruining everybody's good time by trying to manipulate and control or just being angry. I would get so angry if I thought I was going to lose. I mean, really angry and I wouldn't speak to people. I mean, I'm telling you folks, I was uh, really not a fun person. And 
So playing with my nephew, I have none of that going on. Absolutely none of that. And uh, it's funny because I played several games this weekend with my nephew and one was where his mom, my sister-in-law, joined us. And my brother would come in the room and see us playing and he would say, first he was like, watch out for her, Mikey, watch out for her. She's a tough one. She's going to stick it to you and all of this. And I I just knew that he remembered the uh, former ego-identified Jennifer. And that's not how I want to play, and that's not how I play anymore. But you know what? I didn't need to make him wrong. I didn't need to convince him or do anything. I was just, we just laughed. And so what I love is playing the game with Mikey I have no interest in beating him. I have no interest in winning. I'm interested in having a good time. Now, of course, I do play to win, but I'm not cutthroat. And I'm, I'm, I've really noticed my game style because I love to play board games and things like that. I've really noticed my game style over the last couple of years has changed. So when I am playing games with my brother's family, they're they're kind of cutthroat, but they're not nasty about it. But they are they definitely really play to win, and they make moves where they could make a move that would help everyone. Instead, they'll make a move that will help only them, and it surprises me. <laughs> this is one of my favorite games is Blocus, and they'll do something to block me. So, and I'm like, wait, why are you blocking me? I I won't be able to play the game if you block me. And they're like, that's right, and I win. And I'm like, oh, but then the game ends. But I win, they say. And I'm like, oh, okay, gosh, I forgot about that. That's how people play. So what I'm sharing with you is I've really changed my mind. And it's all about what do I value. I value being cooperative. I value having fun. I value being happy. And the greatest happiness for me is when we can play and enjoy each other. And I do not care who wins. It just doesn't matter. And so this is uh, just a, a revelation of how far I've come along. And it's lovely. It's lovely to witness it in myself. It's lovely to be able to support my nephew in learning how to play the game and to have fun with him. And support him in having the experience of really exploring and by the way just as an aside monopoly is a great game for a kid because they have to do a lot of math and strategy and things like that the only thing i will say is some thoughts came up about teaching him capitalism and um you know, the whole like he said i'm i'm gonna put up a hotel there and that whole spread there that whole monopoly is going to be like a death trap when you come around this is my seven-year-old nephew saying this to me and he's so precious and cute and he's like it's a death trap jennifer (laughs) there's the ego right there but we are playing and we are having fun and one of the most powerful things I, I i had forgotten about it but i remembered it is that i was thinking about preparing for the radio show is uh i used to come to my family with grievances about past times and i would replay them over and over and over again 
And one memory I can tell you I had from, I don't know, maybe five years ago where I had a conversation with my sister-in-law and she was judging me very intensely and I didn't like it. And I I said, I'm not going to accept that from you. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm just not going to let you judge me like that. And uh, she's a Catholic, so I said, I'm going to invite you to really live the teachings of Jesus. And um, uh, and I and I really was, uh, I don't know, spirit just came through me in a forceful way. And I really said, I am just not going to allow you to judge me. I, I will not partake of that. And then she realized that she was judging me. And that it was uh, her projection. And I didn't, of course, I'm not teaching my family A Course in Miracles. No, I'm living A Course in Miracles. So they get what they get from what I live. But um, it was it was a tough moment in our relationship. And I can tell you that before I really made the decision to truly live these teachings, if we had had that conversation, I probably would have made some kind of decision about the nature of our relationship. Of I would have made some decision about what was possible in our relationship. I would have made a whole stack of negative decisions and... If I ever even did see my sister-in-law again, I mean, I, it was that intense in a way. I would have been looking for her to judge me again and again and again. And I would have been looking to defend myself. I would have been looking to attack and be critical to get out in front, right? The best defense is a good offense, all of that. And uh, And it's funny, it came into my mind the other day that we had had that really intense conversation five years ago and I'm just not carrying one drip drop of it and I don't feel she is either because I think ultimately she felt um, very remorseful and you know I, I really was not holding it against her so there was nothing to forgive but um, you know she is a Catholic and they are trained to feel guilty. So, but I'm noticing that there's none of that, and it's because I have none of that. Do you see what I'm saying? So, if you've got it going on inside of you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, they're going to match it. So, if you're looking for attacks and complaints, if you're looking to revisit your upsets, all of that will be available to you. It really is up to you. But you can change your mind about it. You can work at the level of the mind and do all your healing work there and truly, truly dedicate yourself to doing your healing work working with your mind there is so much that's possible i think this is what myself gary renard david hoffmeister regina don acres colin tipping earl purdy every single one of us deb phelps every single one of us all the course in miracles teachers i've ever had on the radio show uh, ken wapnick uh we're all dedicated to really living it and doing it and we've all had miraculous amazing healing and so can you because we were totally entrenched in our upset in our misery and we are not anymore 
set yourself free. Partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. That's how it's done. And if you'd like support, remember you can get that How to Get Over It free workshop at jenniferhadley.com right on the homepage. You can be my daily prayer partner. I, I record a new prayer every day and send it out fresh every day with daily inspiration, written inspiration. And then, of course, we have the Living A Course in Miracles classes. Uh, we've got four more classes, so you can join us at livingacourseofmiracles.com. I'm so grateful to share this with you. I'm so grateful to share my realizations of my healing. And I am not stopping here. I am not resting on my laurels. I am interested in going for it. Truly, true liberation. And I'm inviting you to place your hand on your heart with me right now. As we move into prayer, so grateful to take this holy breath. So grateful to live the truth. So grateful to say yes to the unlimited, unprecedented healing that is our true nature and our true identity. So grateful to allow our minds to accept that we already are the Christ presence and to release any attachment to a false belief in lack, in limitation, in separation. We are grateful and thankful to accept our healing, to allow it fully and completely right now. We are willing. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I love you. Have a great week.